and thanks again for tuning in to the Straight A Nursing Student Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about giving excellent end of shift report. Now if you're a student, you might be thinking, I don't need to learn end of shift report yet, I'll learn that on the job. Well, I can pretty much tell you that a lot of people may have thought that and they didn't learn it. As you start hearing people give end of shift report and participating in that activity, you'll notice that it's often a discombobulated, disjointed, unorganized mess that leaves you with a lot more questions than answers. So for the sake of patient safety and for the sake of getting out on time every day, we're going to go over how to give a succinct end of shift report. So the format that is commonly used for this is S-Bar. And if you have not yet heard of S-Bar, you will hear about it a lot as a nursing student. The S stands for the situation that the patient finds themselves in. Basically, why are, they, why are they here? What's their diagnosis? B is for background. What's their past medical history? What things could have contributed to the problem that they're having today? A stands for assessment this is your head to toe assessment of the patient and then the r is recommendation what does this patient need so for the purposes of today we're going to use our fictitious patient it is though you are going to be coming on shift in the icu to get report on your busy one-to-one patient so it would also be helpful, I think, for you to hear an example of a med surge report. So we'll do that after, and we'll assume that this patient has improved and is now out on the floor getting better, okay? So we will start, and first, we'll start with who this patient is. So we have Miss Wilson, a 34-year-old patient of Dr. Comanche. She was admitted on the 25th from the emergency room for an asthma exacerbation and pneumonia. She is allergic to penicillin and coconut and she is a full code. She has a past medical history for asthma, depression, pneumonia, bronchitis. She's a 15 pack year history, diabetes type two, an appendectomy about three years ago, anxiety and depression. She is the mother of four kids, the oldest of which is 17. Her sister lives in Utah and no one has been able to reach her except for a brief conversation from the ED in which she stated her sister was a full code and wanted everything done. I've put in for a social work consult because she's probably going to need a little bit more decision making at this time. So she was brought in on the 25th from the emergency room for her asthma exacerbation. I guess she had been out with some friends and they had been playing with fireworks, but it's not even fireworks season, so that can be, it's a little bit fuzzy. If you look at her Utox, it does show that she's positive for cannabis, so she might be smoking more than cigarettes, and this could have contributed to the problem that she's having today. In the emergency room, they started her on BiPAP, but it didn't help a lot. Her O2 sat was on the low 80s, so they intubated her right away. When they did a blood gas, her pH was around 6.9. Her blood pressure was tanking. She was so acidotic. She ended up coming straight up to us in the ICU on pressors on event. She has had a couple of hemoneumothoraxes, one on each side. She bought herself a couple of chest tubes, one on the right, one on the left. She's been on the ketamine drip now for about six hours and Heliox for the last 12. 
Two nights ago, she spiked a temp. So she was pan-cultured then. So let's go head to toe. Head to toe wise, again, the temp, she spiked it. Two nights ago was 102.4. All those cultures were sent. For me last night, it was 100.2. Nothing to write home about. Her pain score using the CPOT scale is a zero out of eight. Neurowise on the ketamine drip, she's a RAS negative four, negative five. Cardiac, she is a sinus rhythm most of the time, but when you stimulate her, she will go up to the 140s, 150s, and it takes a while for her to calm back down. So before turning and things like that, I have been giving a small little fentanyl bump to help get through that without any, any problems or hemodynamic instability. Blood pressure-wise, she's stable on the pressors. She is still acidotic. Blood pressures have been around 101 to 120 on levofed and vasopressin. CVP has been 18 to 20. Respiratory-wise, her lungs are so coarse, you can barely hear her heart sounds. So she's obviously got a lot of fluid there. Her gas that was done around 5 a.m., still looking pretty bad. pH was 7.1, CO2 was around 75, O2, 90. Bicarb was 22, and that was on PRVC at 50%, a rate of 14 PIPA5, volumes 350, and with the Heliox in place. She has been having really high peak pressures at times, so that's why they started the ketamine drip, thinking that it would help keep her calm, keep her from fighting the ventilator. It's helped somewhat, but it's something you may want to talk to the physician about. Does she need Nimbex or something like that? GIY, she has an OG tube that was placed when she was intubated. It has been confirmed and marked. She's on Glucerna at 40, which is her goal. Her last BM was about an hour and a half ago. She is tolerating those tube feeds well. Residuals have been 20 to 30. GUYs, her Foley was placed on day of admission. Last night, she brought in 4,200. I'm sorry, that was the 24 hour total, 4,200 and 2,600. Last night was 1,200 and 1,300 out. She is positive by several liters. Musculoskeletal, she has her scuds and her boots on. Her skin is clear. She was completely independent prior to coming here. There's no expectation that she'll be anything but on discharge. She has no drains. IV site, she's got a peripheral in the left AC that was placed in the ED and a triple lumen pick on the right. I TPA'd the red port last night. It should be flushing fine for you now. Her drips are fentanyl at 150. The ketamine's going at 71. She's on propofol at 45, which certainly isn't helping her blood pressure much, so I would recommend switching over to Versed. She has NS going at TKO and a Lasix drip at seven. That Lasix drip was just started about four hours ago. She is covered for her antibiotics. She's on Levaquin and Cefepime. She had a initial lactate of around 4.6. That has trended down to 1.9 at this point. You're doing six-hour ABGs right now, and your next one is due around 9.30. Recommendations for this patient would be to max concentrate drips, continue her on rotation therapy, which seems to be helping a little bit. Get uh, social work in here. I already put the consult in. If you're going to continue those Q6-hour ABGs, I think she needs an art line. And then I don't know if she's going to need more intense respiratory therapy, maybe a high oscillatory ventilator, something like the VDR, but her, her gas still looks pretty bad. 
and let's see her labs b fine but creatinine's up at 1.59 potassium is elevated at 6.2 but that's actually trending down since we started the least six drip it was 6.8 white count has shot up to 28.2 with the left shift so i'd recommend pan culturing her again as well and do you have any other questions so basically that's a report on a patient in respiratory failure due to an asthma exacerbation. So we started with the situation, why is she here, her background, a little bit about her social history, and then we went head to toe. Now there's a ton of other things that we could mention with a real patient and that you probably would mention with a real patient, but since we made up this patient, I wanted to try to keep it nice and simple. So let's say that this patient was now on the floor and you were taking care of her along with four or five other patients and you don't have time for a super long report like you do in the ICU. So your S-bar might be something more along the lines of something like this. We have Miss Wilson. She's been here since the 25th. She was in ICU until three days ago and she came to the floor in two liters of oxygen. Her diagnosis is pneumonia and asthma exacerbation. She was on Heliox, VDR, and PRVC in the ICU. Since she's been here, she's been setting above 90%. And her chest tubes were removed yesterday morning. So Dr. Comanche is seeing her. Her pain level has been well controlled with PRN Norcos. Neurowise, she is alert and oriented. She's been in sinus rhythm, blood pressure stable. She's on two liters of oxygen still, lungs are clear. She is tolerating her regular diet well. Her urine output for me last night was 500 and she brought in about 750. She's getting up and walking around. Her skin is clear. She's got a triple lumen pick in that right arm. She's just on normal saline at TKO. Her antibiotics have all been switched to oral medications. And the plan is for her to possibly go home in a couple of days. Do you have any questions? So that is short and sweet and to the point. Um, something that you might mention that I left out would be what are the last few AccuCheck. Some hospitals have a policy where they have to report what the last three or four AccuCheck numbers were. Um, any new orders that you went through from the shift that you were just on? Um, at my hospital, we're required to review all the orders and then sign off that we discuss them with the nurse. So just kind of depending on the types of things that your hospital likes to talk about. So again, Giving a short and sweet and succinct, informative end of shift report is vital to patient safety. And part of that comes from having a useful brain sheet that you use. So if you've been to sturdynursingstudent.com, there's a section titled resources, I believe. And under that, there are report sheets that I use in the ICU. And there's some report sheets for telemetry in the floor that you can download for free and use and I hope you do that and that you find them useful and thanks again for tuning in and check out lots of stuff at straightanursingstudent.com and as always be safe out there this podcast is a production of straightanursingstudent.com